Hello and welcome to today's episode of I Hate Your Movie. Before we get on with the show, just want to remind everyone that if you go to patreon.com forward slash I Hate Your Movie for $1 or £1 per month, you get a bonus episode every two weeks. Thank you and enjoy the show. You're introing. I'm introing. Yeah. Um, I forgot how words work. <laughs> Right, so welcome to I Hate Your Movie, a podcast where myself, Richard Evans, and my friend Dan Prem talk about movies that we have recommended to each other in the hope that we like them, but probably not. Yes. This time, we watched High Life, film star Robert Pattinson, who I'm going to keep calling Robert Patterson, because that's something I keep messing up, in which he is on a spaceship of convicts and a baby is born and he needs to look after it. It kind of jumps timelines every now and again and it's a film that I really enjoyed. I don't really know why, but I really enjoyed it and I'm sure Dan has many, many theories on what it's all about. First of all, did you like the film? It's the first film I liked, recommended by Rick. Yeah. I would go as so far as to love that. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. With like asterisk, 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 <laughs> asterisk. I loved about 85% of it. Okay. My one sentence review. Oh, yes. The one sentence review. Shuffle, shuffle, papers, papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After lots of resistance by the end of the movie, Robert Pattinson finally enters a giant vagina. Okay. Oh, I mean black hole. Is that one sentence? <laughs> it <laughs> would, is. Be, would be my review of that <laughs> sentence. That was my snappy thought, okay? <laughs> okay? That was my funny thought about the movie. There's not much fun to be found in this movie, so it was hard to come up with one. Yeah, I love this movie. Okay, good. And I was very weirded out how you recommended this movie. It feels like a movie I'd recommend to you because it's very experimental. Mm-hmm. It's very sexual. Yes. It's very surreal at points it's very interpretive and so on and so on it's kind of hard to pick this movie apart because it's done in a way where most of the time you don't know what's happening up until the end ish and you kind of piece together yourself you're not being told a lot yeah i feel like most of it you kind of get the idea of what's going on if you take it at face value like I normally do. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a little bit about why you think that I wouldn't like this film and why okay. I think that you would like this film. Because it's a weirdo sex film, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so first things first, I, I don't enjoy watching like sexual scenes in films around other people. Mm. I watched this film kind of soon after it originally came out. It came out in 2018. I think I watched it 2019, mm -hmm. which is... Three years ago, four years ago. I don't remember it being as sexual <laughs> as it was. I remember the key points. I remember Mia Goff being amazing in it. Mm -hmm. And I remember some scenes with the baby. And I remember, just as a heads up quickly, there will be a lot more expletives in this in this <laughs> podcast than there were in other. But I remember the fuck room. Okay. But I remember it being like a 30 second scene. And that was about it. That was like the, that was the sexual part of it I remembered. You see, that's so weird to me. Because even when there's no sexual things happening in the movie... The whole movie is about sexuality, to me. Mm -hmm. So it's so weird that that was your takeaway in 2019. Well, my takeaway is about like convicts in space and okay. what happens to people when they're separated from their reality and you know, forced to be around each other. Mm -hmm. And it is very sexual. Yeah. Know, but I thought that was kind of like a symptom of they start to lose the plot a bit. And it they all gets they a bit... resort to their basic instincts yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe I got, and that's the vibe I remembered from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also, I didn't think you'd like this movie because it starts with a baby crying for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah, it's, it's the worst. The main thing for me is, like, not a lot happens. It's a very slow pace thing and not a lot happens and i usually don't like that i feel like the first like 20 minutes 30 minutes of the film ask enough questions to kind of warrant watching the rest of it yes you start off and the film starts with robert pattinson he's on the spaceship with the baby everything's very run down so you immediately ask the question okay why is he there 
where did the baby come from? Why is the spaceship run down? Why is he the only one left? And then from there, he empties the morgue and empties bodies out of the airlock door. And again, okay, so the film's probably not going to start there because the advertisements had loads of people in it. <laughs> so at some point, you're going to find out what happened to the people. How did they die? Who were they? Da, da, da. And therefore, from there, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Very well edited. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the editing a lot. Okay. The whole story structure is so well done. And it's my favorite kind of story structure where... It's the way I'd like to write as well, but I don't do it as well as this movie did. You show pieces of a story, and then you let the viewer put it together. It's like a big puzzle. There's no establishing shots. It doesn't start with big spaceship. Mm-hmm. The year, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Crewmates, yeah. two. Like, it's the digital thing on the screen. <laughs> Crewmates, <laughs> two. Yeah. Captain, <laughs> deceased. <laughs> You have no idea what's happening. You get observation shots mm-hmm. where instead of showing you a big picture image, you just get like little vignettes of little things that happen in the ship. So you get a bit of the garden, yeah, little close-ups. But yeah, even that, like at the start of it, because the garden has just like an old abandoned pair of shoes mm. at the very start. Yeah. And, and again, that's the kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened yeah. there? I do think it was so good in this film and I love how most of the movie they let you just wonder what the fuck's going on. I'd like to give a shout out to the filmmaker. It's really hard to make a film with a baby in it. Mm-hmm. And this baby was in it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down baby acting. What I, <laughs> what I mean by that is... <laughs> audition the babies. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is uh, not the baby is trying to act, but... Usually when there's a baby on set, it's acting very weirdly. It usually reacts to the crew that's around it. Mm -hmm. I suspect that it was a very limited crew, and it was just a smart choice of kind of keeping the baby's focus on Robert Pattinson. There is a fun fact about that. There was two twins cast. Robert Pattinson didn't get on with them, or they didn't get on with him. I don't know if it was an organic, like, oh, I know someone, firm. Or it was they just happened to get someone else, and it happened to be his friend. But I think the main thing from interacting with the baby i think they kind of let it roll by the looks Mm. of it it wasn't like oh the baby has to do this yeah it was kind of like the baby's playing around with robert pattinson's face and he's working that into the film Mm. which is very organic and i've heard that there was not much meat to the script it was very skeletal it mostly dialogue which is again great credit for the director because to end up producing this from a not very wordy script is like she had to have all this in her head Mm -hmm. great work i love the look of the ship and i love how it's perfect for their budget yeah it's very limited budget and they do this retro futurism thing where it looks old low tech but it fits yeah the only thing i would say it could do with being like less hd because yeah, at the very start, especially when he's putting the suits on, like if he leans on that wall too hard, it's going to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and the space suits as well. like I think they looked appropriate. They looked manky and used and brown. And... But they did, but I didn't understand. They had this locking mechanism at the front, mm-hmm. but at the back was just like a sheet. that <laughs> <laughs> just fell, well, fell down to their shoulders. Mm. It wasn't even remotely looking airproof. Airproof? Sealed. Yeah, to be honest, I was so mesmerized by this movie. I didn't notice details like that. It felt like a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, like Drive and Neon Demon and Too Old to Die Young, where it just like takes its time and it's very hypnotic. Yeah, I love these kind of movies. And then the title comes in 17 minutes in. I checked the <laughs> time. A bold choice. Are you familiar with the Kuleshev effect? No. It is an old editing trick where they film the guy's face, just completely emotionless. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to images, like a baby, and then they have a cake, okay, things like and that. You, and you assume that he's happy or sad. Yes, or... that was used full effect in this movie. It was so good with its observational shots. It used the Kuleshev effect to full force. And I think a lot of that comes from Robert Pattinson. I mean, I've explained this film to a, a few people now, and everyone, you say, oh, it's got Robert Pattinson, because we're excited about it, because we've yeah. seen the film, and he's very good at it. And and but people are like, oh Robert Pattinson, mm. oh my God, oh. Stupid. Yeah. I, don't, I hate his stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but this is the film. I was kind of the same, like uh, the Twilight guy. Don't don't care about him until I saw this film, and then I will happily watch anything with him in it because yeah. he is very good, and he is very good in this as well. I actually wanted to talk about the lighthouse and oh, no. this film in comparison because. This was the biggest thing for me because, oh, let's update everyone else, by the way. I did not like The Lighthouse. I thought it was terrible. I thought the journey into insanity was way over the top. It was way overacted. It was way overshot. It was ridiculous. It was black and white for no good reason. It was crazy. But this kind of showed people properly, in my opinion, going mad. People trying to rein in their insanity and rein in their rage and frustration and anger and all of that stuff. Every now and again, it just explodes and it comes out. That's the shocking moments of the film, where it wasn't like someone sitting in a corner going... Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Because that's not what people would do. (laughs) I think you missed the point in The Lighthouse in that... It's not meant to be a realistic depiction of someone's going mad. And high life is. But then what's the point? It's making stuff up for the sake of... It's telling its own story with its own style. Okay. We'll talk about The Lighthouse oh, another God. time. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it That's all the what way I did, through this time. That, yeah, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I watched The Lighthouse in the cinema, I just got completely fed up with it. And I think 20 minutes before the end, I just got up and I walked out. God, I do, so... I swear, this is absolutely ridiculous film. <laughs> Not only is it gibberish, it's annoying gibberish. So I've had enough. So when we review it, you have to rewatch the whole thing. I absolutely. Oh, God. <laughs> I recommend it just now. No, no, no I don't think I would actually watch that film again voluntarily. Well, Life has is an amazing movie. Watch it, by the way. If you like my kind of stuff, watch it. What I did like about this film as well is it didn't go too much into completely mapping things out for you like you said like we have flashbacks in robert patterson where he's walking a dog with a friend as a kid and then the dog's dead and then the girl's dead other films would have done a whole long-winded yeah dramatic no don't kill the dog i'm gonna get you to show how evil he is they would have started the movie with that as well okay yeah they wouldn't have intercut it in seemingly random times with the original timeline but one thing that's coming up in my notes is some things around the halfway mark they start to explain and they later on explain the dog thing which i thought was unnecessary i thought we got it what happened pretty much yeah but later on his daughter says it to him yeah i think that's the idea of that isn't to tell the audience it's to show that she knows who he is at that point she finds out i think that kind of symbolizes the moment where you realize your parents aren't perfect you realize your parents are as messed up as anyone else's. Yeah. One thing that comes up earlier in the movie is they explain that they're prisoners in space twice. One scene is on the train by two complete strangers. And then later on, Robert Pattinson in narration explains that the same thing. And I felt like that was unnecessary. Mm, true. His narration was okay. Narrations usually bother me a bit. If it was like just toned down a bit. It would have been better because I really enjoyed putting it all together in my head. That's just little nitpicks. Yeah, um, this is... And then later on... So, okay. (laughs) It's so difficult to to review a film that's told completely out of chronological order. It is. Because where do you start? Do you start as the film goes or review the film chronologically? It is hard. Yeah. So, basically, they're prisoners in a spaceship and they're conducting experiments. One of the prisoners is a doctor who's conducting like artificial insemination artificial insemination uh, experiments and uh, she's a bit kooky <laughs> <laughs> and she like starts to show off the sexuality in this ship she has this uh, box called the fuck box fuck box yep she has a dildo and she starts masturbating for a long time yeah uh, rick was there's, sweating there's, there is yeah there's yeah, but it's not just that she has a dildo and she's masturbating for a long time. There's, like, straps and there's, yeah. like, she's flailing about and it's... But to be honest, it wasn't super gratuitous. No. Because th- I don't think there's breast shown in that scene. I think the only time we see breast is when uh, Mia Goth starts milking. Yeah. So, like, breast wasn't sexual. Her vagina is not there. We see her back and an ass, pretty much. Yeah, I read uh, when I was researching the film a little bit more that the director didn't want anything gratuitous in it. So the the rule was like no 
erect penises, yeah. no like close up shots of vaginas, mm. all that kind of stuff, which is makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's admirable that limitation on yourself. Although, put a pin in that, I think that goes into the theme of the movie, mm-hmm. which I'm still kind of putting together in my head after like three days of watching it, uh, but we're not there yet. This masturbation scene, it reminded me of Nicholas Winding Refn and Kubrick. It reminded uh, yeah, me a lot. Yeah, I can see that. It kind of reminded me of the, the bear gives a blowjob to a random guy in The Shining scene. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've watched a very different version of The Shining. I have no idea that what you're talking Shining about. Shining XXX. <laughs> you don't remember this? No. It's like no. one of the most famous movie scenes ever. I think that's one of the scenes I'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, wait, and then carry on. And yeah, then yeah, that yeah. would have disappeared from my brain that's completely. That's what it reminded me of a bit. Just so well done. This is going to be a boring review because I just say it's great. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody loves it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's I, great. It's I Love Your Movie, <laughs> a podcast where people agree about things. Yeah. I mean, come on. Weirdo sex film. <laughs> My favorites. I just wrote great visuals. <laughs> <laughs> Generally well done. Generally well done. Well, it's been nice having you here. <laughs> <laughs> One weird thing, when they were like training, have you noticed the aspect ratio has gone down? Yeah, it felt very uh, TV. Yeah, the aspect ratio went to 4 by 3 mm-hmm. And it, I think they had even a VHS filter kind of thing. Weird, but okay. Maybe one of those things. There's a reason behind it, but you'll never find out what it is. The exercises they were doing were weird as well when they were crawling along the floor. Like, yeah. Like animals. Is yeah. that supposed to... I guess that was more to the theme of sexuality and kind of animal... Animalistic, animalistic. instincts. Yeah. I had a thought here about... And this is where it kind of starts losing me a bit. Losing you in terms of interest or losing you in terms of you don't know what's happening? Story. The story is losing me a bit. Okay. And this grows, unfortunately. So we don't know what experiments they're doing. The first thing they show us is that the witch doctor lady, she grows babies in a microwave, but they die. But there's suddenly there's a black hole experimentation. Okay. And I thought... In my head cannon, my thoughts were going 100 miles an hour. Did you say head cannon? Yeah, in my head cannon. <laughs> What's a head cannon? You don't know a head cannon? No, I don't know It's head like cannon. your own made-up story okay. about something. Oh, I see, like, can- yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing a cannon, <laughs> like an actual, like, <laughs> so ideas popping off. My thoughts are going 100 miles an hour, and in my thoughts were, this would be great if their mission is actually to populate a planet. Okay. It would have... Uh, mirrored our own history of doing that which is how criminals were sent to australia criminals were sent to the united states and new zealand to look how they turned out yeah (laughs) it wasn't a good idea i thought it would be a space version of that but then we see that the actual testing is for a black hole and just felt a bit out of theme for me out of place but later on later on i'm thinking i thought about it more and it kind of connects but we'll get into that later when we discuss the ending. At this time, I started to write down some notes, which later on kind of turned out to be well, not true. What part of the film are we at at the moment? We are kind of the middle. The middle. Middle. But what's happening? Like, um, what? This are, is where are we, are we with the crew at this point. We are the crew, and there's lots of narration okay. from Robert Pattinson, and this is what I wrote down. I wish less narration, but I realize it's probably impossible. Okay. To to keep away all the narration. Mm-hmm. Just going back a little bit. Okay. I, I thought like a really good scene of the film was when he's with the baby and he's clearly very lonely and he, he has no one to talk to and he's sitting there with the baby and he's like, "Hello there. Yeah, I could have just drowned you. I could have drowned you, couldn't I? Yes, I could. Yes, I could. I could have drowned you, <laughs> or something like that." Yeah, and I just yeah. I, I thought that was a really good scene to have in the film because. I'm sure a lot of parents feel that way. I'm, I don't have children of my own, but if I did, that's exactly how I would feel. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like that, to be yeah. honest. It's a very, you love them, but you hate them type of deal. I just thought it was a not powerful scene. That's a cliche thing to say, but it was good to have in there to show you that, yes, you know, he's doing everything for his daughter. It just kind of shows that he is a regular parent as well as being... Yeah, yeah. a regular human. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, much. I wrote down microwave baby, question mark. Yeah, where are you getting the microwave baby? <laughs> it was in a box. It's a box, but it's a thing that you have in a hospital. Once a baby's born, you put them in the intensive uh, it care looked, box. It looked like a microwave to me. It, it was a clear plastic box. <laughs> it made me chuckle. There. It, <laughs> it, was, it was clear plastic. It just needed How was a, it a microwave? Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Your baby is ready. I don't understand. It was a clear box with hand holes in it. As the film went on, they put metal sheets over the box. Mm-hmm. And I assumed that was to protect it from the radiation. Mm. So the opposite of a microwave, because they were being microwaved. Because that's the background theme of the thing as well. The people are dying because they're being slowly radiated yeah. by the ship. And that's why they're struggling to have babies. Yeah. But also, in terms of going back to the dual experiments, that was kind of like a Fallout. If you played the Fallout games, yeah. where... Yes, the experiment is put a load of people in a bunker and they will wait out the apocalypse and come back when everything's fine. But in the game, each vault is a different experiment in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt that's what it was. Kind Mm. of like, or at least they've been told their mission is to get energy from a black hole. Mm -hmm. I think it's called a Penrose process. Yeah. Which is an actual scientific theory. So that's what they get told. But then within that, experiments are happening on them that they might not have known about when they signed up yeah so that explained the kind of the dual thing to me mm. it is around this time we get the idea of the crew be in a flashback obviously and then flash forward and a flashback yeah the crew yeah is a bunch of inmates and the doctor who's a bit cuckoo was also an inmate and it shows that daily life and how the doctor is kind of experimenting on them i was thinking around this time i started to get themes for the movie which is it might be a biblical tale of chastity. Right. Because if you notice, the two people who weren't interested in anything sexual or the experiments, Robert Pattinson and Mia Goth, they produced the baby. And they were the only people who didn't creep on anyone, didn't want to be part of the experiment, didn't produce any sperm or eggs. And I felt like that's a very like weird theme for this movie where... It's very sexual, but the people who get to have the baby are the people who hold back the most. Yeah, it's not something I realised when watching the film. There is two more females on the ship, and you don't really see their interaction with the whole experiment. One is pregnant at some point. One is pregnant. Well, that's free then, because you've got the pilot, you've got the bunkmate, you've got Mia Goff and the pregnant lady. So the pregnant lady doesn't make it. Mm. But the other three, I don't really see their the other two's interaction. My assumption was she was experimenting on the pregnant lady, and the pregnant lady died, and then she just picked another one at random. She was just going to... Okay. Because you don't see the pregnant lady get inseminated, and well, you don't know how she got pregnant. Yeah. You assume it's through the things, but she might have done it involuntarily to them. Mm-hmm. But then, if not Mia Goth, because her connection to this idea is not fully realized maybe just robert pattinson holding back yeah is is kind of the theme of the movie and they'll play into the end a bit yeah and the doctor's obsession with him yeah because he is abstinent because he doesn't want to be involved in the process of giving life it's just a weirdly contrasting idea to the presentation it's a very no holding back kind of movie but somehow the guy who makes it is the one who's the most pure quote <laughs> okay. unquote. yeah yeah that makes sense. But he is a murderer at the same time. Yeah, on the ship. That's why I'm calling it biblical. All like biblical stories, oh, he was, a, he was a robber and a rapist. But then he found God and he didn't fuck around anymore. It kind of felt like that, you know? Um, I got the vibe that the doctor chose Mia Goff because she was a pain in the ass. And that getting her pregnant might get her to behave. Because... In the start of the film, Mia Goff is incredibly protective of the pregnant lady. Mm. Like even when Robert Pattinson's putting seatbelt on her, she's like, "Leave her alone. She's pregnant. She's mm. carrying life, or whatever she says." And that's why I kind of that was the train of thought I I okay. went with. You might be right. Yeah. At this point, some people start to die because of the radiation. I wrote down. A guy dies almost as if his whole mission was stupid. <laughs> Which, to be honest, it was. And it's like a pointless, stupid mission. But it's not stupid for the movie's sake. It's, it's stupid and pointless in the world. You know what I mean? Not really, no. This goes ahead a bit. But the best example of this, when they meet the, the other spaceship that has dogs in it, 
Yeah. That kind of represents of what the people who made this experiment think about the yeah. inmates. That's just my point that this mission was stupid because they didn't care if they lived or died. Yeah, that's true from the very beginning. Part of the narration at the beginning is they sent us into space because we were trash or yeah. whatever. I'm just saying that when the guys started to die, it became just very obvious to me that this mission was pointless and stupid. Again, not pointless and stupid in the movie sense, in the real world sense. The sequence of events is Captain got sick, died, and then everything started going to shit. Yeah, pretty much. Because, yeah. you know, Captain's dead, we can do what we want now. We're in charge of the ship. Yeah. Although there was, if I remember correctly, and this movie, you know, is edited, it's <laughs> like Pulp Fiction. Uh, when I wrote down No Security Guards, when Mia Goff and Robert Pattinson were, like, fighting. Yep. So that was before that. So even before that, it wasn't, like, super the, orderly. Yeah. It seemed like there was explosions over the ship. Especially that's the level of control, because the captain had the thing in his finger, so he could put it on the thing, leave a report, and that extended the life support. So yeah. if everything went wrong, he could just... You know. How cruel is that? <laughs> it was like, you get 24 hours life support if you get to report every day. Yeah. That's fucking nasty. It didn't work in the end because the captain did die. Yeah. But the idea being that the inmates wouldn't know that. I got the feeling that the doctor was a little bit in on kind of the, even mm. though she was a prisoner, mm -hmm. that she had been recruited by the people running the experiments to do experiments. Yeah. And that nobody would care if this criminal lady was doing experiments on other criminals in space not something you could do on earth are you, are you really skipping past the suck my dick <laughs> scene that was the suck my dick scene right <laughs> i don't have much to say about it you don't have anything to say about that uh, it was funny <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> you explain it yeah so the captain has a disease it's radiation disease yeah. no he has leukemia and he constantly sees rings in his eyes. My guess is that he agreed to go on the mission because he has a terminal illness anyway. So he succumbs to this leukemia slash radiation and has a stroke. Mm -hmm. The witch doctor lady realizes he's just going to be a burden on the crew, draining resources, no one can look after him. So she kills him. Yeah. But he knows about that. She says to him, like, I'm going to put you out of your misery. And she poisons him. Yeah. His last words as uh, suck my dick, please. <laughs> <laughs> he asked. He said, please. He did say, please. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's how you'd want to go out, you know? Yeah. You, you've got nothing to lose at that point. I feel like they had a thing. They were fucking anyway. Yeah? Yeah, there's a scene before that where... I don't know the actor's name, but he looked like Bo Burnham. Um, <laughs> where Bo Burnham's looking at the them, young guy. The young guy. He's looking out the doorway, and she's standing in front of the fan. Oh yeah. He comes up behind her, and he's talking to her, and he's holding her, and she's not resisting, and he's like, "I want to fuck you." She was resisting, though. I do remember she's, that. She said no. And then she, she, well, there's a few moments where she threw his hands off. I do remember oh, that. Really? Yeah. I think that was just general. Everyone wants to fuck her because she's outright sexual. Okay. I think that was it. And he was the most desperate, I guess. I think in the end, they're all the most desperate. I think that's... So what is the significance of the sex room, the fuck room? That's what I meant to ask you, because you're the theme guy. Okay. You know what's what. Like, is it a measure of control over the crew? Is it... What does it symbolize? I mean, for me, it makes sense because you give people you know something to do because <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise they'll all start turning on each other i don't know if it had a thematic significance okay to me it's more weirdly it's more like a character examination of that lady who's overtly sexual yet doesn't let anyone in because right after she comes out of the fuck room she says no to someone or someone's looking at her or someone's looking in when she comes out and robert pattinson's out there yeah and this is the best line of the film. The one that everybody... I think it's in the trailer as well. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you're, fu it? you're foxy and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you're foxy and you know it. Yeah, I think that was the point of that scene. I've got more thematic things to say about the beginning and the end as they connect a little bit to me. But we'll get there. And it's at this point that everything starts to go a bit wrong. Like yeah. I said, like, the crew really start to become unhinged. There's a scene where Bo Burnham... <laughs> starts attacking all the women 
He attacks Mia Goth. He tries to rape her. He does try to rape her, and then he's obviously fought off. The pilot comes in, gets involved. She gets knocked down, and then... Or Anderson 3000, or whatever his name is. Andre 3000. Andre 3000. <laughs> no, I don't, is he in there? I don't he's, he's in there, yeah. He's in that scene. Is I he? Th- he might be the one who knocks him out. Yeah. I thought it was Robert Pattinson. Maybe. Because he's, the, he's like the I protector. just wanted to say Andre 3000. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, even though like Bo Burnham's down on the ground, the criminal takes revenge. She gets a shard of glass from under her and just stabs him in the neck. And yeah. He dies. Almost directly after this, oh my god, the, the doctor rapes Robert Pattinson in his yeah. sleep. Yeah. And, ga- and gathers the cum that's dripping <laughs> down her leg. Into a thing and then inseminates Mia Goth with it. There is a really cool scene in this bit, actually, where so she inseminates Mia Goth, and then did you notice it cuts to like imagery of the universe and the stars, and it's like a picture of the universe, but it's it's like stars and it's all pinky and yeah, it shows kind of like life being created of the universe. I I I really enjoyed that. There was a more three D kind of environment. Yeah, the stars and and like inside a nebula or something. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was almost like a nebula, like a star being formed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they really knew how to use their budget with the visual effects because they're really simple, but they're really effective. Yeah. You can get that for five pound off of like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shutterstock.com. It's like a slow zoom in, and with the editing, that it's a suggestive editing. When they go to light speed, or just ninety nine percent of light speed, as it says, yeah. and the whole universe kind of like molds, yeah, and the stars kind of like that's so brilliant. Yeah, thing. it's so good, and it was so like simple. Yeah, simple but effective. So at this point, everything starts to go very wrong. By Burnham's dead at this point. The captain's dead at this point. The pregnant lady's dead at this point. And then Andre Three Thousand buries himself in the garden. Does he bury himself, or does he just die and Robert Pattinson later buries him? It's left. Yeah, to uh, that's what my it's impression him. was. Okay. They show like a time lapse footage yeah. of where he died. There's a hole, and then he gets buried. Oh, so is there a hole? I, yeah. I didn't see the hole. I just saw. There's him lying on the thing, and then there's a mound. No, there's an in-between shot, definitely, when there's a hole. So I think that was the Uh, implication that... I thought it was kind of like representing life taking over death, and he just kind of... The garden takes over him. He spent his life tending the garden, and the garden takes over. It still still represents that, but, you know, it's just a caveat to it. Um, Then the, the doctor lady, the witch doctor... One, having completed her life's work and having a baby raised in space under radiation decides that she's had enough as well. Yep. You notice that uh, whenever they step out to empty space, they fall down. Yes. And that was a little jarring at first, but the ship has gravitational momentum. Yep. Whatever you put outside of it will fall down. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was just a cool little detail. Yeah, so it's explained early on in the film that the gravity is generated by constant acceleration. So at this point, it goes forward. So it started as the baby, and then it goes way forward. I really liked the indication of time. Robert Pattinson apparently struggled with the story and looking the same age throughout all the different time periods. And the solution to this, to me, was the grey patch on his hair got bigger if he was as he was older. There is a problem with that scene. In terms of that, the first flash forward... Because he's in dark shadow and his daughter is lying on him. I was like, who's that bitch? (laughs) Where did that come from? Was that another just person in the thing? And then later on, when he gets up, that's when we see the larger white patch on his hair. What's next in the notes? For me, it's the black hole, first black hole scene. The first black hole scene? Yeah. Is there many? Is there several black hole scenes? Well, there's the ending and then there's a Mia Goth flying to the black hole. Oh, are they not the same black hole? No, they're oh. different black holes. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. They're different vaginas. They're different <laughs> vaginas in space. Yeah, Mia Goth, she realizes because she's milking. She couldn't know because the baby's in a microwave and she was inseminated in her sleep. But she's giving milk, so she realized she's the witch doctor got her. Wouldn't the nine months of pregnancy? I had a feeling that they put the, not the baby in, but like the zygote, you know, kind of like the undeveloped. Very undeveloped baby. Yeah, the but the pregnant lady at the start is quite pregnant. Yeah, She's like six months that's pregnant. That's true. The reason for the box for me is because the baby probably won't last the term because the mother will reject it because of the okay. radiation. 
by the way Mia Goth reacted or she got me. I felt like that reaction was based on a mother who's given birth who's had their baby taken away. Oh, okay. I thought that was because she never ran along with the experiments. A mother who's had their baby taken away has been like continuously milked. Like yeah. she's giving to her baby, but she's still not a mm-hmm. part of it. And oh, look at you interpreting themes of a movie. Wow, well, I mean, that's just... He's growing up. <laughs> <laughs> For me, that's just the logical kind okay. of... Like, I like that. That's the, cool. The that's a cool interpretation. What it looks like. Yeah, I like that interpretation. It's cool. Yeah. Cool. There's not a blue box and a key and an <laughs> opening and a black screen and everyone changes character to mm-hmm. be found. Yeah, that was my problem with this movie. <laughs> um, not enough blue keys. So Mia Goth decides to... Do you think she tries to commit suicide by flying into the black hole? Or do you think she's trying to do the mission? I, I don't know is the answer to that question. I think it's like a joyride. Okay. You know, why does someone steal a car and drive it the wrong way down a motorway or drive it 80 miles an hour through a populated area? It's just a fun thing to do. Joyride with, like, possibly the cruelest death you could experience <laughs> where you spaghettify and then you slowly pull towards this but that's the, thing. But that's the thing. Like, any joyride can end up in you crashing and dying. Yeah. But I think it was just kind of the final, like giving up mm-hmm. okay so suicide i really like the black hole the black hole visuals the spaghettification yeah that's what it's called when you get close to a black hole and yeah everything just stretches oh, so out things el- everything yeah. elongates yeah there's one yeah. thing though but they couldn't have done this um <laughs> which is from their perspective outside the black hole that ship should be frozen basically and moving at very, 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 very slow speed. Mm-hmm. From Mia God's perspective, yeah, just falls in, gets stretched out, and dies immediately. But f- from the ship's perspective, it should be like frozen around the black hole. But I understand yeah. for dramatic purposes, it was more. They just watch it on the little screen, but still, it would have yeah. been the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard to kind of like have a death scene where it's, oh look they're over there still. <laughs> yeah she's falling in very 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 slowly <laughs> three days later oh she's dead okay cool let's carry on with the film my note at this point is she grows up they find a ship full of dogs there's dead ones everywhere she wants one yeah I feel like that was thematic connection with the dogs and that Robert Pattinson killed the dog. But I haven't quite figured out what that was yet. Okay. To me, the dogs more spoke about what I spoke earlier is that kind of like this very bleak realization of the mission that they are treated like animals. Yeah. What came across to me. Yeah. You are one of many experiments and yeah. you do not matter. No, not at <laughs> all. Maybe something like, because he rejects company, a dog represents him when he had a friend as a company something like that you're the theme guy i'm the theme guy you tell me i wrote down the last 20 minutes a bit aimless that's where i kind of lost me i enjoyed all the puzzle pieces they're fitting together i enjoyed all the filmmaking and then when all the puzzle pieces were fit together i was like oh yeah we still have 20 minutes left it does feel like that once the crew story has been told yeah that should be the end of the film Yes, I wrote down a bit of disappointment at the end. All right, let's talk about the ending. Okay. Robert Pattinson's daughter, Willow, she finds a supermassive black hole. Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, they can do it now. They can finally do it. She has a feeling that this is the one. Yeah, this is the one. And then kind of ends on a, will they or one day, (laughs) will they land inside the black hole or not? And it's... Well, this is where I kind of disagree with the director. I read the di- director that this is supposed to be like a hopeful ending. She explained that she read that you can theoretically land inside supermassive black holes mm-hmm. and stay alive. But I think, first of all, that's like a theory of a thousand. Second of all, general audience, not even general audience, like a film lover audience who's not really into physics wouldn't take that away so i think for most people this was more of a bleak ending that oh they're gonna die no not at all no no because the way she explains it as kind of like i think we can do it you know it's not like let's go kill ourselves at least the the kid has hope that they're gonna land in a black hole 
my question would be whether Robert Pattinson feels that way. That's what I was thinking. I was more with Robert Pattinson's face with this one, where he was like, oh, I don't know. It was yeah. kind of like at that face. But at this point, it seems to me like because he's shutting down loads of different parts of the ship, in his mind, the ship isn't going to last forever. Mm. And what's his daughter going to do alone? She's suggesting they fly into that black hole to try and find something. So he kind of like, he wants her to die with hope, potentially and not like grow old on her own because he knows what it's like to be on the ship on his own for so long so he doesn't want that fate for his daughter Mm -hmm. let's talk about how this movie is like incest positive (laughs) okay i did not get that vibe at all right so let me try to explain it to you in a way i saw it i think i'll begin with where they first show the daughter she has her first period yep on one of the first that's definitely a choice to show that. Also, the very first time you see the daughter, she's sleeping on the dad. Yeah. So, like, I thought that Robert Pattinson's kind of journey was that he is, uh, like, a chaste man. He's a man of chastity, and he's holding back the whole time. And so, to me, either the movie's theme, what you left with, is, oh, his daughter is his last challenge for his chastity, or that incest... <laughs> is okay i think you've seen a picture of a white wall and you've gone yes that's about i'll tell I'll, I'll tell you more supporting evidence <laughs> okay so we have the period right why so would you show that because it shows her growing up his decision at the end of the film in my opinion is that she's growing up and she can't live there forever and therefore they go into the black hole to potentially die or to find a better life mm-hmm. based on her so you have to show a point in her life where she turns from a kid who he can protect and that's his to look after to when she's becoming an adult Mm -hmm. and therefore she's becoming an adult now oh shit her life's ahead of her and it's a shit life what do i do about that not like oh she has a period so obviously i want to fuck her (laughs) okay the laying on the dad yeah but that's just kids you know teenage kids there's no social structure there's no yes or no so a kid's going climb into their parents beds up until a quite a late age and he does kick her out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, no, that's... Know, and he says, you're too old, you're too heavy for this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that, that speaks to the point where not only is she in herself becoming an adult, he's discovering that. So I was like, you're too old for this. And oh God, yeah, now she is too old for this. And she's too old for it to be a kid and she's too old. So it's not just about how she is physically, but how he feels about her. Yeah. In that he's, well, that's why up. I think that goes to my point then. No. Because he, at no point does that, is, does that mean is, he wants to fuck her. <laughs> well, it's not explicitly said. It's not remotely they, said, in my opinion. They enter into a giant hole together. Yeah, but it's a... That's why I think the black hole theme clicked with me. Because I was like, why is this black hole thing? Like, I don't get it. It's like a journey into the unknown. And you can take that in a way where a journey into the unknown of incest or a journey into the unknown of living together just the two of them and he's holding back his whole life from now on there's one more thing right okay and that's why i watched the beginning again when she's a baby one of the first things robert pattison says oh i'm not supposed to do this this is a taboo a taboo a taboo boo taboo <laughs> you're you're allowed but i'm not okay that kind of has that suggestive energy to me so he's a criminal yeah he's murdered people mm. he's being on a ship of criminals and for me, it's uh, him struggling with how he would teach his daughter to live. Mm-hmm. Not just because of his background, but because there's no one else to tell him otherwise. So how do you raise your kid? Do you let them do what they want? Because you can, and there's no one to judge you, and there's literally no one it can affect. Or do you raise your kid in a way that, that is moral and right and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I think that was the point of that. In that even though he's a criminal and even though their environment is essentially a prison, he's still saying this is a taboo, this is what you should and shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my last evidence. Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm not comfortable with this kind of interpretation at all. Okay. Just to put it out there. But this is what I came up with. Uh, when I read IMDb Trivia, yeah, there was a question to the director, something like, what are the themes of this movie? She did drop the word incest in it. Okay. And what context did she drop incest in it? What are the themes of the movie? And she was like, 
sexuality, sensualness, incest. Okay. Something like that. I can pull up the quote. Yeah. Maybe it'll help. Quick search for the word incest. Yeah. Control F, incest. Okay. Claire Dennis, the director. Yep. The film is about sexuality, not sex. Sensuality, not pornography. Sexuality is about fluids. As soon as sexuality stirs within us, we all know it's all about fluids. Blood, sperm, etc. I thought if I wanted that fluid subtext to work, we had to reduce the sex act to masturbation. I forbade myself any naked scenes. No rack cocks, no gaping pussies. This is what we were talking about earlier. We did it another way. Her life speaks only of desire and of fluids. The film shows many taboos about our own bodies. The taboos of intimacy, taboos around, of course, incest. Uh, It's a taboo, but exists. So, you know, the least you can say is that at least it was on the director's mind, even if it's your interpretation is correct. Okay. I mean, it was on the director's mind, so it's not completely like this, but it's like a Freudian thing where they're like, oh, you had a dream about a toilet roll holder and you want to fuck your mother. Yeah. That's kind of... I like to think it's more of the chastity interpretation. It's kind of like how Inception with the spinny thing. Okay. It's just the question is, is it incest or not? Right. And I chose to say no incest. Yeah. I didn't get any of them vibes at all. I only got it later when I was thinking about it. I was really wrecking my mind around this black hole thing. I was like, why black holes? It's so random. It feels ro- so random compared to everything else that made logical sense in the movie. If, if just go along with the first like two thirds of the movie, it would have made much more sense to go in the repopulate planet kind of idea. I don't know. I think if I was to think about what the black hole is, that it's finite. Kind of their mission was to set out to find a black hole Mm. and when they find it and they find the right one their mission like their life is done okay that's the end of the story Mm -hmm. i also think it's difficult to end the story (laughs) when you have the film not only about sexuality but it's about life yeah you need an ending point and you can't have an ending point with a dad and a daughter the only thing you can do is Titanic it and just have a shot of an old lady going, oh, <laughs> my life is over now. I'm dropping in the water. You know, that's the only thing you can do. You can either, they go somewhere unknown, mm-hmm. death, or she dies alone somewhere. Okay. But that's what I like about this film. It is open to interpretation, but it does still have a structure to it where it's not just complete interpretation it's you get the story and you interpret that story as you see fit not you get a bunch of gibberish and then you interpret that as you see fit (laughs) what are you referencing (laughs) you know in this film there's no like old people climbing out of witches bags (laughs) after opening a blue box with a key that this is why the last 20 minutes didn't work for me you know (laughs) yeah i love this film i really did it's my kind of film definitely it's one of the when I think about the themes, it kind of disturbs me. Mm-hmm. But when I think about like the first like two thirds, I really like it. I I love the filmmaking. Did this win any awards or anything? The editing should have won an Oscar for sure. Oh, I don't think it won Oscars at all. Yeah. It was definitely in the the film festival circuit yeah. for a while. Should have gotten something for editing. Has the director done anything else? I have not. She looked is like a French director. Yes, this was her first English speaking yeah. film. Because she did not see astronauts speaking French. They had to speak either English or Russian. Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) Has the director done anything since? Oh. I actually don't know. Look it up. I'm going to look it up. We're going to edit this out. And then I'm going to be like, yes, she has done something (laughs) since. My producers are telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she has. Both sides of the blade in 2022. And it's got the doctor, the witch doctor in it. Oh, okay. So it's another English film. It's one thing I'm not watching. It's French films. Fuck French films. I don't give a shit. Fuck with the French language. Fuck their genders of everything. Genders of tables and shit. (laughs) Fuck that shit. I'm not listening Uh, to that. It is a French film. Boo. Next week on I Hate Your (laughs) Movie. (laughs) No. It's my time to recommend. Anything else you want to say about, like... The themes of the film? I've, I've pretty much covered it. So you don't really enjoy giving films ratings out of 10? Yeah. But I'm going to force you to anyway. Oh, 
because it's my recommendation and therefore I need you to judge it. Okay. This might change. It might change. Uh, but that's the sign of a good film that you think about it over yeah. and over and over again to, and it changes that's why I don't mind. like giving numbered reviews because it might change but you can still see a film when you go <gasps> you know, yeah. this is what I think of this 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have the first good recommendation of I Hate Your Movie congratulations yeah I'm gonna add in some music like <laughs> 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 Da, 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 da. Congratulations, you broke the format. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your right, I would go I'd say eight. Okay. Yeah. A bit less. A bit less, yeah. Okay. Because even though I do enjoy these kind of films, if they're done in the right way, I do find them a bit exhausting. Okay. Mostly I like to watch films to relax. Mm-hmm. And this film is not relaxing in any way, shape, or form. No, film. because yeah, you have to think about it, what's happening. Is that why? Or um, It's not just that you have to think about it, but you have to interpret it. You okay. Know, you, it's not just thinking about what's going on. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed this film. I enjoy films like it if they're done correctly. I loved it, other than the last 20 minutes. It just loses its gas kind of thing. Yeah, and the ending is definitely like, to me it came across as, oh shit, how are we going to end this? Uh, <laughs> black hole. <laughs> Spinny top. Incest or not. <laughs> there you go that's, that's your, the title that's your title Inc- <laughs> incest or not to incest or not to, to incest. incest or not <laughs> to incest and beyond <laughs> <laughs> this is the end I recommend yet again Wet Hot American Summer fun fact Wet Hot American Summer starts with the same song as a movie we just watched a couple of hours ago called Cocaine Bear. And we're going to talk about Cocaine Bear in our bonus episode if you give us money or whatever. Yeah. Available only... On Patreon? Available only if you put money in the cup. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American I'm looking forward to it. I feel like you've done what I've done. Because when I was going into this, I had a worry that I was overcorrecting mm-hmm. from stupidity to a, a fancy film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've kind of done the same. You've gone from fancy film down to my level. Not down to your level, <laughs> you stupid <laughs> asshole. <laughs> the goal wasn't that. The goal was more like, oh, I recommended a miserable film for you. <laughs> <laughs> the good, bad and the ugly. And then we watched even Mulholland Drive, which is bleak again. Yeah. So I thought I'll switch it up a bit. I showed up not only about serious fun, but good fun as well. Yeah, thank you for listening to this episode, Incest or Not Incest. <laughs> <laughs> to Incest and Beyond. To Incest and Beyond. <laughs> Don't forget to share, like, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe, like. And hopefully see you again in the bonus episode. And if not, we will catch you next time. Yeah, cocaine bear. Don't watch it. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>